Welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful Tuesday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris, and whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, or listening on Podbean, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some college football coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, leave a like on the episode, and leave a comment down below. If you're listening on Spotify, share around with others, follow on there as well. Podbean, same thing. If you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. We have Twitter and we have Facebook. Twitter is at pigskin underscore frenzy, all lowercase. All you got to do is type that bad boy in on the search engine, follow the page. You'll get episode updates as well as news and highlights from across college and NFL football. Facebook, same thing. All you got to do is type that in on the search engine, and then you'll follow and like the page, and then you'll get episode updates as well as news, highlights, and notifications from across college and NFL football. Okay, big day today. By the way, I'm fired up. I'm just going to let you know now. I am fired up. That theme song gets me fired up every time, you know, for pigskin frenzy. So I'm just pumped. You know, college football day today. Spring football was last weekend. It kicked off last weekend, and I mean... I, it was good. I mean, I saw some teams that impressed me. Uh, unfortunately, I saw some teams that didn't quite impress. Um, I'm going to mention uh, three teams that did, but I'm also going to mention uh, at least one team that did, you know, they need they, they need some improvements and they need some help there. So um, some top teams, rather. So, I mean, they look good. Some teams didn't. So we're going to mention that. We're going to talk about some spring results, kicking that off now. I know I've been beating a dead horse with that, but... Spring football is important, you know. It, it's one of those things where it's you need to know how these teams could look in the future and what they need to improve on before fall camp starts and before the 2023 season kicks off. So we're going to talk about some spring results, part one of spring results. I'll mention more next week. But then we're going to talk about, you know, teams that are under the radar going into the 2023 season. I mean, there are some teams that impressed me last season. And quite frankly, I mean, number one under the radar team from last season was TCU. They made it to the national championship. They were unranked in the preseason polls to start off week one and went undefeated. First-year head coach Sonny Dykes went undefeated with TCU and went to the national championship game. So, I mean, it's one of those things where you don't know, you know, what's going to happen in college football. You don't know what's going to happen in football, period. You never know. I mean... It could be a shock. Old Dominion could be a group of five team that when you know gets a gets a playoff spot. You know, I'm just saying you never know what's gonna happen in college football. It's so it's unpredictable. So and I'm no, I'm not saying Old Dominion is gonna win at all. I'm just saying you never know what can happen in college football. So we're gonna talk about some teams that are under the radar going into the twenty twenty three season and teams that that are I think are probably going to break out next season and it wouldn't be a shock that they're under the radar, but also a team. Those are the teams that, could, that are probably going to break out next season going into 2023. So, and lastly, we're going to mention, you know, and list the last five matchups that are essential to the college football playoff race. I know I said last week that 24 seven sports released an article about the top 10 matchups that are essential and important to the college football playoff race. I mentioned my first five and then now like I like 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 advertising, like promise. I'm going to mention the last five, six through ten, on the college football, you know, playoff race there. So, going to mention it on Pigskin Frenzy. Don't don't leave yet. Again, I'm going to sit here sit here and say it. Don't leave yet. It's going to be a good episode. Don't leave. Don't you know? Tune out. College football edition of Pigskin Frenzy. Kicking it off. And here we go. Let's kick it off with some spring results from this past weekend. So again, spring football, as advertised, is is important. You know, it's it's where you got to know what your team's going to do, what your team's going to look to improve on, and, you know, what to look forward to for the 2023 season. Let's kick it off Thursday. I'm going to go, let's just kick right off. You know, good yeet. In life, <laughs> this is going to be, I guess, a good example, I guess. I can compare it there but in life you have good news you have bad news you know people like to hear the good news people like to hear the bad news after some people like to hear the bad news first and the good news after so you know what for the people who like to hear the bad news first we're gonna kick it off with some bad news let's kick it off with let's kick it off with this and thursday we're going to kick it off with the Florida Gators they played Thursday April 13th that was their spring game and when I 
tuned in on the highlights. I watched some highlights. I watched, I re, not really the, the highlights. I actually rewatched the game. I, I, I tuned in and I rewatched it. And I looked at them and I was think, thinking, okay, so we were advertised a more high octane offense. We were advertised more of, you know, solid blocking. We were advertised for more of a, a of a defense that was electric. One out of a few of those promises were that I just mentioned were made. A solid defense. That defense looked pretty good. That defense uh, looks like a you know a defense that could keep up with some teams in the in the SEC in the East and in overall whoever they play in the West most likely I mean in LSU. So they looked they looked they looked at solid. They didn't look you know terrible. However, everything else <laughs> unfortunately did not look. Very good. Uh, not a very good spring, you know, for for Billy Napier. In in my honest opinion, I, I think talent wise they looked solid, but the play did not show Thursday, April thirteenth at all. So I, I didn't really enjoy watching it. I mean, it, it was one of those things where it was like, oh, you know, and it was. It was one of those things where you like look look at them and you're like, uh. I don't like what's going on heading into the season, heading into fall camp. So uh, I was not really impressed with the offense at all. It looked very stagnant. It more it looked more like, and this is not a knock, but it looked more like how Iowa did a slow, methodical, you know, pro style type offense. And 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 I get it. The offense looked. It looked. Let's just say this how Anthony Richardson ran the offense looked entirely different than how a Graham Mertz, Wisconsin transfer quarterback going to Florida, Graham Mertz and how Jack Miller both ran the offense. Neither one of them didn't look all that impressive. The blocking didn't look all that impressive except for the run. The run looked solid. The run looked okay. I I would assume the run didn't look, you know, you know, outstanding, but the run didn't, you know, look terrible. So the run was just okay. The passing and the quarterback play was not really all that impressive to me. I wasn't really impressed with how the line blocked. I thought the defense dominated up front, and I feel like there there are some things right there that those are some key big things that they need to work on. Billy Napier said that they were planning on adding another quarterback soon, you know, from recruits and going into the fall and possibly from the transfer portal. You know, the window is starting to open up in the transfer portal. And I mean, here it is. We're here, you know, mid April. So the, the second window has opened up already and we got some transfers lining up already. I'll get into that later in the show, but you know, and name drops and transfers, some some two key transfers there, but I mean, uh, we won't get into it a whole bunch, but you know, you know what I mean. I'll name drop some prospects. So, I mean, look, I mean, Florida has a whole summer and has, you know, the staff at least has a whole summer and a fall camp to figure things out. I mean, you got until early September. Uh, I mean, literally, you got until Labor Day weekend to figure things out. Unless, you know, it's a week zero game. But, I mean, right now for Florida's schedule, it's, it's looking like early September. So, you got all these things to figure out, you know. But at the same time, if you are in, you know, in that mindset of spring, like, yeah, we're going to impress. We're going to go out there, show everybody who Graham Mertz is. Or we're going to show everybody who, you know, Jack Miller is. You know, listen, Graham Mertz plan a, is a good, solid quarterback. He's a good pickup in the transfer portal. He looked really, really good in Wisconsin. Don't get me wrong. He looked really good at Wisconsin. He just did not have a good showing today, uh, or I'm sorry, rather Thursday in Florida. And and I I don't know. I just didn't. I, I really wasn't impressed with the whole offensive scheme they were running uh, this past Thursday. wasn't a good spring, in my honest opinion, for Florida. Uh, there's a lot of stuff they need to work on, and I think uh, the offense is a huge factor right there. I mean, replacing an Anthony Richardson is key. I understand that, but you're going to have to, you know, have to. You're going to have to try to compete for at least eight or nine wins. You know, uh, right now they're not a team that could. That's a team that could, could, could go at least six and six at best, or maybe even five, five and seven. And that's not where you want to be because from a year ago they were at six and six. You know, it was a rebuilding first year head coach year. Now Billy Napier's got one year of experience at Florida. And he's looking to upgrade a little bit. He's looking to upgrade to an eight or nine win season. And then eventually a double digit win season 
to lead them, to try to lead them to a playoff. And that's what the whole goal is about if you're in that Southeastern Conference or if you're at a program like Florida. You want to lead them to a title. That play's not going to do it, unfortunately. And uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but, I mean, it's not. It, 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 it's not. That doesn't look good at all. So, I mean, to try to challenge for eight or nine wins and to surprise some teams going into, you know, going into the season. I mean, first game they got is against Utah. They got to play Utah coming up. And it's in Utah. It's at Salt Lake City. So they got to go up from their comfort zone, go up to an environment that's, uh, you know, it's it's up north. It's a, an out, up north, northwest, you know, and it's, it's a little out of their comfort zone a little bit. So to kick things off, you know, with the spring they had, if this transitions into fall, things aren't looking to look good for that for that opener against Utah. So, I mean, they're going to have to try to find a way to change some things. But, I mean, could they do it? Absolutely. It's just the spring. Again, it's just the spring. But having a good spring to motivate yourself to go into fall camp and get ready for the opener on September 2nd is one of those things where you're looking back and you're like, okay, you know, we need to get ready for that. So, I mean, it, it was a little, it was tough, but I mean, they may can get through it. But right now, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the best, you know, spring, but I mean, they can try to get through it. So, I mean, Florida not with a good spring. That's just my take. Um, if it doesn't get better, I don't expect the season to turn out how they pan, how, how it panned out for them in their vision. So, um, that's just my take on it. I think Florida needs to do a lot better and needs to improve on their offense. Offense is number one right now. Their defense looks solid. Offense did not look good at all. So that was Florida on Saturday. Let's move on to USC. They played Saturday. And let me go on and tell you something. USC still looks solid. USC looks good. good. Um, I, I think their defense... Still needs to be worked on. That was my my only improvement with them. Like I said in the preview from last week, I think their defense needs to be worked on, and I keep pressing this issue. Their defense needs to play a lot better, and they need to coach a lot better on defense because you're going to have more games like Utah twice and Tulane in the Cotton Bowl last season and it's going to catch up to you, you know. Your defense ends up getting tired, and then you find an offense that, you know, you find a, an actual offense that, you know, beats out their defense, that tires them out, but your opponent also has a solid defense enough to keep up with that USC offense, and then it merges, and then that's how they beat you, you know. So it's like they, they need to keep up on defense. You know, that offense is solid, and, it, and it's an offense that's high octane, and it's an offense that scores points. That's Lincoln Riley's memo, man. I mean, it is. It was like that for the past five, six years in Oklahoma, you know. Now, and it was like that his first year at USC. They were the pack. They were the Pac-12 runner-ups for a reason last year, and went to the Cotton Bowl. So it's their memo. It's their thing. High octane offense. That's why Kayla Williams won the Heisman Trophy, and he was probably the best quarterback of last season. I mean, up there with C.J. Stroud, maybe even Brian, my Bryce Young. So listen, I mean. Uh, I mean, it's a high octane offense. It was, I mean, really, really good. You just got to have the perfect defense to match that intensity and to match what they're doing. Because you need to have a defense that that can play solid. And if you have a defense that plays solid, that offense will do some do a lot of the work for y'all as well. That's how you get to the college football playoff, and that's how you probably get to the national championship and to compete. Listen, USC has talent, okay? I'm not taking anything away from that. USC has talent. They got Caleb Williams. They have Mario Williams. They have, I mean, uh, solid players and solid playmakers on their team to make a championship run happen and to probably win the Pac-12 title. So, I mean, USC is looking solid. They look good on offense, and they, they just need the defense to work. So the defense needs to be improved on a little bit more. That's the only thing I took away that, that needs to be worked on for USC is their defense. Still, still defensive woes there they got to push on that however their offense looks solid i mean the rest of the, the rest of the team looks solid mario williams and kayla williams had had a good one series i would say kayla williams had good one se uh ser series and he led them to a touchdown so i mean kayla williams automatic starter we already know he's the heisman winner he's going to start at ufc at ufc uh usc next se this season so at usc good things happening there 
I liked their backup quarterback. I liked Miller Moss. Miller Moss looked very impressive for USC. So uh, I think USC looked uh, impressive on offense. Defense still needs to be worked on. Miller Moss looked really good. He looks like the quarterback for USC's future. I think uh, the Trojans uh, have no problem at quarterback. I mean, Miller Moss looks good. And we saw a little bit of Malachi Nelson. Malachi Nelson, the high school recruit from uh, USC, uh, going into USC his first year, he looked really solid. So it's going to be a battle between Miller Moss and US uh, and Malachi Nelson for the starting job at SC next year. So, I mean, when Caleb Williams goes to the draft. So I, I honestly think that Miller Moss and USC's new highly touted recruit and Malachi Nelson look solid. So it's gonna be it's gonna look good. I mean, their quarterback future looks good. Their their future in the quarterback room looks solid. So I mean, everything looked fine on the offensive side of the ball. It was just mainly the defensive woes. I liked it. I think USC this year will be a top uh, top five team starting out. You know, who knows how the season's gonna play out? They could drop a game or two. They could go undefeated. Go to the playoff. Could could win the national title. I'm not saying that. I'm saying right now, starting off, they looked like a top five team. So that's just my opinion on that's my take on USC and their spring game. Still need to work on their defense. That's I think that's I think that's what could give them trouble going into the season. But they clean that up and have a solid defense and and work on that and just maintain it. I think they're a top five team going into the season. I think they're a team that needs to be looked out for per usual. So USC looks solid, except on defense uh, this past Saturday in the spring game. Another one, Ohio State, uh, obviously. Ohio State, now I'm just going to sit there and say this right now. The only thing that I would improve on is their press coverage. Other than that, the rest of their defense looked fine, and the offense looked fine. It, it looked good. I liked what Devin Brown brought to the table. I liked what Kyle McCord brings to the table. Um, it's just a matter of, okay, who are you going to start? And before anything, we get you know, further into Ohio State, uh, prayers go out to Brian Hartland. He is the offensive uh, offensive coordinator for Ohio State. Prayers go out to him. He was involved in a uh, in a uh, UTV crash. So uh, prayers for him. And I think you know he is doing okay. Fortunately, he is doing much better. But uh, prayers for him as he recovers and uh, you know as he gets well. So Brian Harlan, the offensive coordinator for Ohio State, um, that offense looked good. That offense did look good under McCord's command and under Brown's command. It, it looked solid. You have Marvin Harrison Jr. You have um, you have Stover. You have a lot of those guys. You have Kavon Kavion uh, uh, Henderson. You have Mayan Williams in the ground game. Uh, you have a lot of those players out there that are going to make some plays, and all you got to do is deliver the ball to them. You give Marvin Harrison Jr. the ball, and he's going to make something happen. He he's bound to. He's probably the best receiver coming back in college football, and he most yeah he is. It, there's not a they're not ashamed to admit that because I think a lot of a lot of uh, fans from a lot of teams are saying, man, I wish I had a Marvin Harrison Jr. You know. So, I mean, Marvin Harrison's good. They're all back. They look solid. I like Ohio State. I think they're a uh, top uh, top five team going in. It, excuse me. I think they're a top three team going into going into the college football season. A top three team. And uh, I'll, later later on in you know later on in the summer and as uh, college football comes closer, I'll give you my uh, preseason pre- preseason poll predictions. I'm not going to give them to you now. Um, it's just way too early, so you can't do that. But uh, starting off now, I think Ohio State is a top five team in college football, though. So I think they look good. I think they look impressive. I think that uh, I mean that they, they look like they sh- they are ready to go into fall camp with utmost confidence and ready to see what they can do. You know, coming up this season with uh, with you know either Kyle McCord starting or Devin Brown starting. So they look good. So. Moving on, we're going to move on to Texas. Uh, I was impressed with Texas. Again, I mean, the thing they need to improve on is, uh, I would say, in, in the quarterback, in the quarterback realm, uh, timing and execution. Um, we saw Arch Manning. Um, Arch Manning looked, you know, he looked good. He just, he looked like a freshman. I mean, and as everyone's like, Joel Norris, you're talking about a Manning like that. Listen, he will be a top quarterback in the future. <laughs> he will be. He's born and bred for this game. Look, and if you don't believe, if you don't believe, oh, he's born and bred for the game. You see his last name. You see what it says on his last name, Manning. He is born and bred to play football. 
Manning is a football name. Even though it's Cooper's oldest son, and Cooper had to retire early, unfortunately, Arch Manning is it's Manning. It's still a Manning name. It's Man- the Mannings. Eli, Archie, Peyton, they all played football. They all had Hall of Fame careers. Who knows? Arch could have that career also. So, And I, and I think he will. I think Arch will be a, a, a solid quarterback uh, going into the future. Um, Quinn Ewers looked phenomenal, I think. I think Quinn Ewers has gotten a lot better since last season, and he's been working on it in the spring. His development has gone gone on, you know, as as advertised. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian has, Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian has said, hey, Quinn Ewers, don't, don't count him out. He's looked good. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But I think the press coverage on defense needs a little bit of work. It's a little bit better, but it needs a little bit more work. I think their defense looked okay. I didn't, I didn't think their defense looked bad. Um, and, and, and I'm going to name drop a, a transfer portal here. You know, after the tra- after the spring game happened, uh, a Minnesota, former Minnesota defensive tackle uh, Trill Carter transfer had, he has announced that he is transferring to Texas so he'll be with them in the fall and I think he'll help out the upfront part of their defense Trill Carter the newly now newly transferred Texas defensive tackle came from Minnesota Big Ten honoree all Big Ten honoree he was really good at Minnesota now he's coming to Texas and Austin and he's gonna try to help them out up front so Trill Carter defensive tackle from Minnesota transferring to Texas so that's gonna help them out up, out front on defense so let's move on let's just get get, get further into into uh, Texas here so yes I think that Texas um needs a little bit of work on the press coverage and a little bit of work on defense not too much their defense looked okay um it may give up some big plays, so when, when you should work on a little bit of that. But other than that, their their defense was okay. They're, they had some bright spots, so I think it's nice. I think it's a little minor adjustments to clean up, and and in order to you know get ready for fall camp, some minor adjustments, but not too much. I'm actually really high on Texas. I, I think their players are really good. I think they they got a good running back in Killian Robinson. Uh, Killian Robinson is going to re- most likely will is the guy to replace Bijan. Uh, Bijan Robinson. So another Robinson happening here. Uh, Kelly, Kelly and Robinson, he looks really solid. I think he looks like a good runner for Texas. I, I honestly, I like the two receivers out that they got now. Georgia transfer, Adonai Mitchell, A.D. Mitchell. If you do not know him, A.D. Mitchell, he played in the national championship game for Georgia in that dominant performance against TCU. Um, and, 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 and guess who's back? Xavier Worthy, uh, junior wide receiver now. Both juniors, by the way, A.D. Mitchell and... Xavier Worthy from Texas. So they got two weapons there, uh, and they look solid. They look really good in uh, their spring game on Saturday. So, And then Quinn Ewers. I mean, obviously, he's developed nicely. Quinn Ewers looks solid. I think they look solid. I think they look like a top 15 team starting out. I would say a top 15 team starting out and working its way up to a top 10 team. So Careful how you view Texas this year. I think Texas is going to be a team where you're going to have to watch out for them. They had Alabama on the ropes, even with Quinn Ewers hurt. Think about Quinn Ewers, a fully healthy 100% Quinn Ewers, playing against Alabama. You shrug. You shrug. You can see what happens. It's Even though it's in Tuscaloosa, I wouldn't count them out, honestly. I wouldn't count them out against Alabama. They look solid. They don't look bad at all. I mean... We're going to see how they look against them, and we're going to see how they look uh, coming up on September 2nd against uh, SME, SME, uh, SMEO. Sorry, SMEO. So uh, we're going to look see how they look against them coming up, and then we're going to see how they look against Alabama uh, in week two. But I think Texas looks strong right now, and they've had a good spring game. They look, they do look solid, and they do look like they're ready to make a run, So, which is which is actually kind of surprising. We haven't seen Texas make a run in a while, so we're going to see how they do. So uh, that was the spring results for, you know, spring football, and we're going to have more next week because spring games are going to continue on until May 6th. We'll have a lot of main teams are playing April uh, 22nd, so which is this Saturday, so we'll have more to talk about there for, you know, for everything going around. So I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to that, and I'm really looking forward to, you know, seeing how everybody shapes up and, you know, how everybody is looking going into the fall camp. So let's move on from spring, you know, results, but sort of moving on from spring results, but not really. But we're going to keep on the topic of Texas. So after the headline, 
Uh, and this is what I was going to bring. Remember when I said I was going to bring on to a later point with Quinn Ewers? Now we're going to bring on the later point. I thought that this battle was going to go on for a while. I thought this battle was going to um, happen for a little bit. I, I don't know. And I was like so shocked when I saw this. I thought it was going to happen, you know, for longer. I thought they were going to do the Jim Harbaugh approach and start one in the first half, start the other one in the second half. They did not. <laughs> and I was blown. I was shocked. I was like, okay. I was, I took, it took me off guard. But nonetheless, it's official. They have named a starting quarterback. Texas has named quarterback Quinn Ewers the starting quarterback for the 2023 college football season. Okay. So do I agree with it? Yes. I'll tell you why I agree with it. Arch Manning is a solid quarterback. He will be a solid quarterback. However, he's still a freshman, and he looks like a he looked like a freshman. He he looked like he was he had some moments where okay he could have done he could have done that better and he could have done that better. His head will be a lot better once he play once he you know gets gets the reps in and gets the experience in. But I think coming up in this season, backing up Quinn Ewers will be good because next year when he has a full season practicing and getting ready for the big moment. Arch Manning will take advantage of that moment and he will be the quarterback for Texas's future as they go into the Southeastern Conference and the SEC in the 2024 season. So they're going into that season like, okay, we're, we're counting on you to lead us into the, into the SEC and to kick us off the SEC. So a little bit in a way, that's high praise coming from Steve Sarkeesian. It is high praise. When you look at it, we're relying on you as the new, as the new quarterback for Texas after Quinn Ewers leaves and you will be an SEC quarterback. So we're counting on you. So that's next year. So that's a little bit of a pressure point, and that's a thing that Arch Manning can build on and look forward to next year. So it's not a discouraging moment. It's a teaching moment for, hey, you can learn a little bit more and get ready for an S for the SEC, which is, you know, kind of like, okay, you know, I'm going to get ready for that, and he's a solid quarterback, and we're going to, you know, build him up for next year as our new quarterback for next year. Quinn Ewards is ready now, and, and I think that's why I agree with Steve Sarkeesian. He told reporters this after the spring game, immediately after the spring game. He led them to a touchdown on their drive, on, their, on, on one of their opening drives. Quinn Ewers did. He looks, he's developed nicely. He's smart, and he's got a cannon for an arm. He is a, he is a, a, a top NFL prospect coming up in 2024, he, in a 2024 NFL draft, assuming that he declares for the NFL. Now, if he throws a curveball and says, I'm staying another year at Texas, then we're going to have to decide the Arch Manning thing. So that we're going to have to reevaluate all that. But right now, early predictions, way too early predictions from a year out from now, are, are pointing towards Quinn Ewers declaring for the draft in 2024. So, I mean, but, I mean, who knows? I mean, you never know what can happen in college football or in football for that matter. But right now, we're talking about Quinn Ewers as, as the starting quarterback for Texas, and he looks solid. He looks like he's developing, coming along nicely. Steve Sarkeesian has high praise for him. He's a He's got a solid arm. He's, got, he's smart as a quarterback. He's ready to take the reins as the starting quarterback this season, and, and I think it's his time to start. So uh, Quinn Ewers name, is named the starting quarterback for the Texas Longhorns, and good on Steve Sarkeesian, and good on Quinn Ewers. And Arch Manning will develop nicely. I think he's the quarterback for the future. So we're, they just got to get him ready for the SEC next season, and they got to get him ready under uh, Quinn Ewers. So uh, Quinn Ewers named the starting quarterback. Happened a lot sooner than I expected, but, you know, it happens. It's college football. So, uh, moving on from the spring in Texas, and we're going to move on to players under the radar. So, I was in uh, Lawrence, Kansas the other day, and this is, you know, leading into my choice right now. I was in Lawrence, Kansas the other day, home of the University of Kansas, the Jayhawks, the Rock Chalk. So, I was home... Of you know, I was over there, home of the Kansas, you know, Jayhawks. So, yeah, it was a good time, a blast. I posted on Facebook. Go check it out on there, Pigskin Frenzy, and you'll see the video I made there. I was talking about what we we're going to talk about on the show coming up Tuesday, and I was and behind me was the stadium. It looked nice. It was a beautiful campus. Everything around it was you know nice, solid, and it looked you know looked like they were you know it looked it looked like a lively atmosphere up in Lawrence. So, I mean, Kansas is a team, and they're my number one team, of under the radar going into the college football 2023 season. So that's what I'm going to talk about right now. 
under the radar teams going into 2023. So again, let's kick it off. Number one, Kansas. Kansas looks like a team that could be, you know, a team to fear almost. I mean, they they could be. Listen, Kansas was six and zero last season before they played TCU. They lost to TCU, but Kansas was undefeated going into that game. They were undefeated going into October. Did they have a six game losing skid after the TCU game? Unfortunately, they did. Yes, they did. Um, it sucks. It's a harsh reality. However. I mean, they looked solid going into that game. Six and zero, undefeated. They had quarterback Jalen uh, Jalen Daniels. Jalen Daniels, who who was who he is? He's coming back next year. That's a sigh of relief for Kansas. He's coming back next year, and he's going to lead this team uh, with you know Kansas head coach Lance Leipold. Lance Leipold was a is a solid coach. He's building something up there in Kansas. So, I mean, Lawrence, Kansas should be buzzing with, you know, and they got they got a they got some good defensive players. One of them is OJ Burroughs. OJ Burroughs looks solid. He's a good defensive back. He looks like he's gonna, you know, gonna, you know, make a run on that defense and lead that defense and and try to make them, you know, you know, something to, you know, something to watch and something to fear for offenses on Saturday. So, I mean, Jalen Daniels with his feet and what he can do with his arm and what he can do in his precision is unbelievable. So Jalen Daniels is going to be a uh, underrated quarterback choice and he's going to be, and they're going to be an under a rate under the radar team for going into the 2023 season. They're, they look like they're ready to make some noise up in the rock chalk. So we're going to see what Kansas does. My take is number one, Kansas. I think they're an under the radar our team going into 2023. Another one is right across the state, and it's in Manhattan, Kansas, Kansas State, another one of their arrivals. So Kansas State, led by head coach Chris Kleiman, unbelievable. They went to the Sugar Bowl last season. They played Alabama. Unfortunately, they lost. But Kansas State looks like they're ready to make some noise. They do. I, I mean, they, they have a senior quarterback, Will Howard. Will Howard looks like a really, really good starting quarterback for them. He played solid up until uh, the Sugar Bowl. Even though, I mean, they and he played, even played good in the Sugar Bowl. He looked really, really good. Uh, Deuce Vaughn leaves, unfortunately, but they have a good running back that's going to replace him. And DJ Giddens, DJ Giddens looks really solid. And he looks look look like he looks like he's going to make a uh, prime run at the starting position at running back for Kansas State. They look solid on defense. They look they're a very underrated team. I expect them. And by the way, may I remind you. They won the Big 12 last year. <laughs> TCU was not undefeated going into the national championship. They had a win loss, and it was against Kansas State. Kansas State won the Big 12 title. They're the defending Big 12 champions. They look they are hungry and ready to make another run at that title and potentially, hello, college football playoff. You know, it's Kansas State. We're knocking at the door. So they're looking at that uh, you know at that, that spot, and they're ready to break out even more. So Kansas State was a breakout team last season. They're looking to break out even more. So they're under the radar, in my opinion, and I think Kansas State's looking to make another run uh, behind Chris Kleiman, Will Howard, offensive coordinator and former quarterback for Kansas State, Colin Klein, and uh, could, could be new running back, DJ Giddens. So, I mean, Kansas State looks good. There, another team, Washington, Washington Huskies, led by head coach Caden uh, DeBoer, uh, offensive coordinator Ryan Grubb, and quarterback Michael Penix Jr. He came from Indiana, transferred to, he transferred to Washington. He played there last season. He announced that he was coming back for one more run. He is a dark horse for the Heisman Trophy, in my, in, in my honest opinion. He's one of the best quarterbacks, in my opinion, in college football. He looked really, really good for Washington. They went into the Alamo Bowl. They beat Texas. Looked really solid there. I think they're going to be a solid team. And in my mind, just going to just point this out there. They look like a top 10 team going into this season. And they are a very, very solid team. They are an under the radar team. They're not, they're not, and I'm not going to say they're not a preseason playoff prediction, but they look like they are ready to make a run at a Pac-12 title. And they look like they're going to ready to make a run in the Pac-12 in general. They look good. High octane offense. Defense is, is in the middle. I mean, they have, Good. They do some good things. They do bad things. It's one of those things on defense. But their defense is solid enough to carry them to games and carry carry them to victories. So their offense is high octane. Their defense is is you know okay. So 
I think Washington is an under-the-radar team and looking to make some noise there. Last but not least, and I'm going to keep beating the dead horse on this because they are, in my opinion, a top-10 team because of what they did last season. It's Florida State. Mike Norvell, Jordan Travis on one end, and then you got the defense with Jared Verse, who's coming back for one more year. you got two players coming back for one more year and who are learning to make some noise in the ACC. And in my mind, probably the top pick in the ACC. So you, you, you're looking and you're like, Joel, why are they an under-the-radar team? I consider them more an under-the-radar, but breakout team who's going to make some more noise going into this year. Do not forget about Florida State at all this coming up season. I think Florida State season... Florida State season is going to be a solid one. I think Florida State has a tough test against LSU coming up, but they also have a tough test against Clemson. But at the same time, the rest of that schedule pans out. They look they are they are they are probably going to be favored in all those games. I think after last season and what they did, they look like they are prime and ready to make some noise. Clearly, they have a Heisman favorite in Jordan Travis, solid quarterback there. They're ready to make some noise, man. I think Florida State Seminoles and Mike Norville is ready to make that extra push to try to win an ACC title and to potentially make the college football playoff. So they're ready to make some noise there and ready to have a breakout and under and a breakout season. Those are my uh, four teams who are going under, who are under the radar going into this season, and who are ready to break out and make that run and make that push going into the 2023 season. Keep an eye out for these teams, man. Kansas. Uh, Jalen Daniels looks solid. Will Howard at Kansas State. Kansas State looks solid. Jordan Travis at Florida State looks good. Michael Penix Jr. and that offense at Washington up north look solid. So uh, look out for those teams who are under the radar, in my opinion. And who knows, they could be top 15, might even be top 10 potential this season. So, I mean, it looks really, really good. Um, watch out for those teams who are under the radar and looking to break out in college football this season. So moving on, I said I was going to get to this, and it's the last five matchups that is essential to the college football playoff race. We're not going to wait any longer. So one through five, uh, not in any particular order. I'm just, you know, going, you know, Bob, with the, the five first matchups that I listed last week. Uh, I mentioned LSU and Alabama. I mean, obviously, it's a key matchup going into the SEC uh, West race and the SEC race on who's going to face potentially either a Georgia or Tennessee, most likely could be Tennessee, who knows, but mainly a Georgia who's probably an obvious favorite to win the SEC East and the SEC Championship game in Atlanta. So I mentioned LSU-Georgia. Uh, I mentioned another one. I mentioned our Florida State-Clemson. I think Florida State-Clemson is going to be a matchup that is solid in the S in the ACC and who could you know potentially lead them lead one of those teams to an ACC title game so Florida State Clemson I mentioned Ohio State Michigan and who knows they're getting rid of divisions they could rematch so who knows uh, rematch for the Big Ten title uh, the game on Thanksgiving and then a part two rematch on uh, you know the, the first weekend of December this year so who knows you know who knows what could happen the game and that could impact the college football race as well as always as it usually does. It usually does. So we could have two big teams in there again like last season. So, you know, who knows with that one. Another one I mentioned is Florida State LSU. That's a huge opener, huge opener for both teams. I mean, it's probably going to be a top 10 matchup this season. Last season, it was unranked for both. It was on a Sunday in New Orleans. Classic game, back and forth, one-point loss for LSU. Florida State wins that one in a in a thriller, and it kicked off a, a, a run for Florida State that was undeniable. They went into the, um, uh, I think it was the, the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando, and they looked really, really good against Oklahoma, and they had a dominant win over them there. It was a close game, but, I mean, they looked dominant on, on the offensive side of the ball for sure. So Florida State had a good, solid run there. LSU, we didn't know what was going to happen with them, but LSU kick-started uh, Brian Kelly's first season. Uh, no turning back. They were against the odds. They beat those odds, won the West, and and suffered a heartbreaking loss to Georgia, but then they bounced back and beat Purdue in the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl in Orlando. So dominated Purdue, by the way, 63-7 to win for LSU. So LSU looks like a top-10 team. Florida State looks like a top-10 team. I'm ready to go for that one on Labor Day weekend. That one looks good. So we got that one. Then the last game I mentioned was 
Oregon and USC. I mentioned Oregon and USC, and I think USC and Oregon look both look solid. I want to see how USC's defense is going to handle against Bo Nix. Bo Nix will be much improved, and he's going to try to go out on a limb for Oregon and try to make his last college football season look solid. So it's going to look good. Danny, Dan Lanning is doing something amazing up there with his uh, top five recruiting class. He's doing something uh, in Lincoln Riley. I mean, with Caleb Williams, Heisman winner. And I mean, he's got a lot of, you know, a lot of talent on offense and the defense is a question mark, but let's see how it fares against an Oregon on November 13th. So that's a, that's a key game that we got to watch out for, for both teams. So that was the, the five I mentioned last week. So let's mention uh, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten now. So uh, let's go into this one. So first off, the last one, we're going to mention Alabama and Tennessee. Uh, that's, a, that's, that's one that we got to look at and think, okay, you know, Tennessee, uh, they lost Hendon Hooker. They lost Jalen Hyatt. Uh, Cedric Tillman's out. They lost all these guys. They got Jabari Small though. They got Jalen. Uh, they got uh, Jalen Wright. They have a good quarterback in Joe Milton. Do not forget about Joe Milton. He will be a top. He will be one of the top quarterbacks in college football. And, and mark my words, he has improved. He's got his decision making skills have gotten a lot better. He's more crisp. And let me tell you, he has got probably along with Quinn Ewers, one of the best tannins of an arm that I have seen. And I'm, that's high praise. That is, I, he's got one of the best arms I've seen. And, and like, literally, he can launch it. He launched a ball uh, in practice. It was a 65-yard pass. Oh, my gosh. Like, literally, that's what I said when I saw it. When he launched the football, I was like, oh, my gosh. He's got a cannon. He can launch it. That offense is going to look good this season with Joe Milton under center. And, and Josh Heupel has given him the keys there. Who knows what Tennessee's going to do? They thought Tennessee was going to be good this season. Josh Heupel's like, no, no. We're going to show you in the spring and in the fall why Tennessee is here to stay and why they look good in the East and in the SEC overall. So Tennessee is going to bring it their all. They're going to go to Tuscaloosa, and Alabama has some question marks. Who's going to start Bryce? Who's going to start and replace Bryce Young? What's their running game going to look like? Who are the receivers who's going to break out? Is it going to be Ja'Cory uh, Brooks? I mean, uh, and I, I would expect a Ja'Cory Brooks to be the, the leading receiver along with Kobe Prentice going in for Alabama this coming up season. Uh, they have a factor. His name is Nick Saban. <laughs> Hello, Nick Saban. Y'all already know who he is, but he's the greatest coach of our generation. But, I mean, Alabama is going to have some question marks as always, but they are undefeated and they usually win a national title under a first-year starter and two new all and two new coordinators. So Alabama looks completely. They have a different scheme. Tommy Reed's the new offensive coordinator for Alabama came from Notre Dame. Then you have the defensive coordinator. You have uh, Kevin uh, Kevin Steele, who's back at Alabama. There, so we're gonna see how they look. Uh, Alabama, Tennessee, Tennessee defeated Alabama for the first time in 15 years. In Neyland Stadium. Now it's the rematch. We're going to see what Alabama does against Tennessee. Now we're going to see how Tennessee looks there. That's a huge matchup that's going to take place, you know, for, uh, and it's going to shape, you know, in the middle of October where the playoff, the playoff standings are now, you know, and where, what takes shape there. And it's going to kick off a lot for the, for the college football playoff. And let's see how those two teams fare there. So that's one essential matchup for the college football playoff. Uh, going into, that's the sixth one, going into number uh, number seven, you would assume, but not in any particular order, Alabama and Texas. I think Alabama and Texas is going to, is, is one that's going to, you know, it's an early matchup, week two, but it's going to show and go, okay, what's the resume it's going to look like on each? You know, if Texas beats an Alabama week two, that's an early, early loss for Alabama, and that's something we're not used to seeing from Alabama. Alabama hadn't lost early in a long, long time. A long time. And, you know, Texas is going to look at that and feel like, okay, you know, we had them on the ropes last season with Bryce Young there. Uh, and with Quinn Ewers hurt, let's see what 100% healthy Quinn Ewers is going to do against a team 
that doesn't have a Will Anderson, doesn't have an Eli Riggs, doesn't have a Bryce Young or Jameer Gibbs, that has two new coordinators and has a first-year starter at quarterback. But don't make you know any assumptions with that because they are usually, like I said before, undefeated and win a national championship with two first-year coordinators and a first-year starter at quarterback. So let's just sit there and you know think about this for a second. Alabama and Texas is a matchup that could be essential to both playoff races. And a win over Alabama could do wonders for Texas because if they beat everybody else out and they uh, have a, a one loss to a Kansas State or even go undefeated into the Big 12 championship game, they will sneak in. They, they won't even sneak in. They will be a top four team and they will go to the college football playoff if they are undefeated and have a win against Alabama or even have a win against a top 15 or top 10 ranked Kansas State or Kansas, or, you know, whoever is ranked at that time. So, resumes in this game mean everything. On the flip side, if Alabama beats Texas, not just beats Texas, say they dominate them, and Texas ends up beating everybody else, and it's a one-loss team, and they're ranked, that's going to do wonders for Alabama. That's a kickstarter for them to go to the playoff. So, uh, that's going to do wonders. That's a, a, a very important matchup and essential to the college ball playoff race heading into 2023. Another one, and this is the eighth matchup, you can say, is Ohio State and Penn State. Penn State is a team to look out for. They are the third best team in, essentially, in the race for, you know, in the Big Ten. So, and they are a dark horse for the college football playoff. You can keep saying that, but James Franklin is a phenomenal coach. They're a phenomenal team with him there. So, I could say, you can say the same thing. Drew Allard is their new quarterback. We're going to see how he does against a solid Ohio State defense. On the flip side, you can say, who is in command? Is it going to be Kyle McCord or Devin Brown for Ohio State? That offense is going to look solid either way, especially with playmakers like Kevion uh, Henderson, Brian Williams, and Marvin Harrison Jr. at wide receiver. So Ohio State is going to look good either way, but... This this matchup overall, because Penn State had them on the ropes until Ohio State ran away with it last season, it's a matchup that's going to look good for both teams going into the playoff race uh, this year. So that's essential. That matchup is going to look very solid there. The ninth matchup I'm going to mention is USC and Utah. USC and Utah, a rematch from last season in October and rematch from last year in the Pac-12 title game. That's gonna that's gonna be solid, uh, but maybe both teams are undefeated. It maybe you know it's gonna be two teams that are you know looking to you know take shape. I think you know and and, and look to try to sneak in into the playoff as a Pac-12 contender. I think USC is gonna look solid. Yet again, it's about their defense. I question what the defense is going to look like. I question what the defense is going to do against a strong Utah team that's returning most of their players, including quarterback Cam Rising. Um, Utah looked very good in the Pac-12 title game. They looked good in their first matchup against USC, even though it was a one-point win. They dominated USC in the rematch of the Pac-12 title game. So I want to see what that defense does. Utah's defense looks solid. Their offense is going to look good and in command with a veteran quarterback with Cam Rising. I want to see how that matchup is going to take shape. And if Utah goes undefeated up into the Pac-12 title game, that was my knock. <laughs> that was my knock because what they're doing is they're knocking and that door is going to say college football playoff with that little bronze trophy. Yeah, they're going to do and they're going to knock on the door at that number four spot. So we're going to see what happens if USC picks up their defensive woes. Again, I'm going to make the noise. They're knocking at the door. So, I mean, that's an essential matchup for both teams in the college football playoff race. I think we've mentioned that was nine, right? We mentioned uh, we mentioned four so far. We mentioned Alabama and Tennessee, Ohio State, Penn State, Alabama and Texas, USC, Utah. We're going to mention the last one now. Here's the last one, the 10th one, and that was my top 10, and that rounds out my top 10 uh, for essential matchups for the playoff. We're going to mention it. Here we go. It's... Notre Dame and Ohio State. And Notre Dame and Ohio State, and I was going to give a long pause. I know who it was. I just wanted to drag it out. But Ohio State and Notre Dame. Ohio State, this adds on to the resume. If Notre Dame is in a top 15 scenario, they will be in a, a top 15 scenario. I think I, I would rank them at number 12, 11 in that spot there. But Notre Dame, 
looked good in the late last season. Marcus Freeman did a heck of a job turning that team around last season. They made it to a bowl game. They looked good um, in that bowl game against South Carolina, the Gator Bowl in South Carolina. So, listen, I think that Notre Dame is going to be a team to watch out for. Do I, I'm not going to mention any playoff predictions for them, but they're always a team that you look at and be like, okay, let's watch out for them, especially with their new quarterback, Wake Forest grad transfer, Sam Hartman, now a part of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. He's going to lead that team, and we're going to see how that offense does with him at the helm. So here's the kicker. It's at South Bend, Indiana. We're going to see what Sam Hartman does, a solid quarterback is going to do under center against an Ohio State defense. That's pretty solid. So Ohio State goes on the road, faces Sam Hartman and Notre Dame. We're going to see what happens there. So I'm excited. I'm pumped about it. Uh, Ohio State, this is going to do wonders for them if they beat a Notre Dame. So it's going to look solid on both ends. Both resumes here could look good and help their playoff chances. Notre Dame needs this one more, a little bit more than Ohio State to get that redemption and to kickstart their resume and their run of, okay, hey, we have a good record here. We beat Ohio State, who's a top team in the college football, and, and we're going to need this. So I think Notre Dame, this is going to look good for their record and their resume in the college football playoff. But nonetheless, it's going to look good for both teams. It's going to look good for Ohio State as well. So that's just my top 10. That's all my top 10. And those are the matchups that are, in my opinion, essential to the college football playoff race in 2023. And as we move closer, we're going to talk more about these games. But, I mean, those look, you know, those are the top 10 and essential matchups that look good for college football. And, and plus the race for the college football playoff. They do an excellent job at deciding these, mad, uh, deciding these matchups. And they do an excellent job at deciding who's going to get in. It's a hard job. So those matchups are going to be the ones that you're going to have to take into consideration for, you know, looking into when deciding who are the top four teams in the college football playoff in 2023. So that just about does it. That wraps everything up. A big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some college football coverage presented by me again. So if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. Leave a like on the episode. Leave a comment down below. Spotify for listening on there. Share around with others and follow on there as well. Podbean, if you're listening on there, again, share around with others and follow on there as well. Twitter, at pigskin underscore frenzy, all lowercase. All you got to do is type that bad boy in. You'll follow and like the page there, and you'll get episode updates and notifications and news and highlights from across college and NFL football. Facebook, same thing. All you got to do is type in Pigskin Frenzy. You'll get episode updates and you'll get highlights and news and notifications from across college and NFL football if you follow and like the page there. That just, that just, that just about does it. Sorry, my words are getting tied up. So excited about talking about college football. So that does just about does it. Uh, big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday once again. Also, NFL edition of Pigskin Frenzy Thursday. I'm excited. Got a lot to talk about, including the upcoming NFL draft. That's next week. I'm pumped. NFL edition of Pigskin Frenzy Thursday. I'm Joel Norris signing off, and we will see you guys Thursday for Pigskin Frenzy.